Hello everyone and welcome to Agala's Current Affairs, a marine science podcast set in Southern Africa with me as one of your hosts, Dr. Yanis Kisten of Kikoskimi Media. And today, for the first time on the show, we have a couple of guests. Um, they're coming in from the Ocean Impact Initiative, as well as a few other uh, organizations. And they're going to be chatting to us today about marine protected areas. Welcome to the show, Lauren and Kendall. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Before we get into the, the nitty-gritty of, of MPAs, would you ladies mind uh, introducing yourselves and kind of what you do in the ocean space? Sure. So uh, I am Lauren Fenekak and I look after all campaigns and communications at the Wild Trust. We're an environmental, non-profit, non-government organization uh, based in South Africa. Hi, everyone. I'm Kendall Wright and I'm the scientist for the MPA expansion project primarily, but I work across a range of projects uh, at the Trust, particularly in the marine protected area space. So how do you kind of go about explaining uh, to people who might not be aware yet what exactly MPAs are and what their importance is to everyone? Sure. So um, I think a, a way that we like to refer to them that makes it easy for people to understand is um, almost likening them to game reserves in the ocean, unfenced game reserves in the ocean. Um, basically, uh, spaces where um, species and habitats and ecosystems can thrive, um, safe spaces uh, specifically for endangered and threatened species, um, places where species and marine life can feed and breed and um, make lots of babies and keep their populations um, thriving and growing. Um, also marine protected areas, you know, science has shown us they produce um, bigger and more fish um, they also ha- um, help mitigate the impacts of climate change. Um, they really are just kind of these thriving, amazing spots that help um, uh, build on the, 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 the health of the wider ocean. I just always think that the easiest way really to explain an MPA is, you know, like our little bank accountants in the ocean. It's like the place that we, we protect and we look mm-hmm. after it in the long term uh, so that we can reap like the interest mm. that comes out of it, if that makes yeah. sense, just to really make it simple. Um, yeah, so often they, for us, are also very important cultural spaces and uh, spaces that we can go into the natural environment where they're They're also great natural. tourism so, hubs, yeah. you know, you end up finding that, you know, because they're these beautiful underwater spaces, um, you know, that you kind of build all kinds of tourism activities around them as well. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm. So. Um, like if you do, you know, a marine biology or maybe a biology undergrad, so even then you like um, secondary school, like uh, curriculum for marine biology, like you might be aware of, of MPAs and just how important it is. And you see articles all the time now coming out about like the various benefits. Um, but despite all of that kind of scientific evidence, um, why is it still so difficult? You know, we're only at like, five percent now um, as you guys have been posting about why is it so difficult to get more fit protected so as you know the marine space is, is a really complicated space um, we're over, all the time we're working in 3d so for a start uh, you've got stuff that happens at the surface and stuff that happens at the coast and then you go down through the water column all the way to the benthos to the bottom 
Um, and that means that there's often multiple stakeholders in these spaces. So these stakeholders all have competing interests um, uh, and often it, it's the loudest voice in the room, which in the South African context is often the one that says they create the most jobs and money. So, for example, when we're going in and trying to secure these areas for protection because they're important, we can often come up against very loud voices which have a lot of money to push back, um, maybe from the oil and gas sector or offshore mining that's becoming a thing, or even unsustainable fishing, like industrial fishing practices, which can be a, a quite a loud voice for us to push against. Um, that being said, uh, when you actually get down into the nitty-gritty of it, Often these marine protected areas protect habitats and uh, support livelihoods, which we, we don't see, we don't quantify. Um, so it makes it much more difficult for us to push back. Um, but we're obviously, hopefully, changing that narrative. And there's very good science out there that prove how these MPAs are supporting people going forward. So I think that's the primary thing, is that, that competing resource use, that there's a very complex space uh, that needs lots of stakeholder engagement. Um, and then we also have resource and capacity limitations, particularly in government. I mean, generally government is underfunded. We don't have a huge amount of money and that obviously plays down that the environment is not always seen as a priority, even though it should be a priority because it's what we are really basing most of our livelihoods in South Africa on. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's a very complex space. Um, uh, but saying that it's not that it can't be done, it just, it takes dialogue mm -hmm. like sure. this. 100%. I do remember like to get to this spot took like quite, quite a while. I remember I watched a, a seminar by I think Mandy Lombard. She works in the space, right? Mm. Um, and they were like, it took yes. like 19 years even to like get to this spot where we are. <laughs> so trying to double it, uh, I imagine is going to be... Uh, also a, a bit more work in terms of communications. But speaking about that, the way I got in touch with you guys was because of your new uh, media campaign um, that's called Where Is Our 10 Online? So how did this whole thing come about? So um, Where's Our 10? Uh, basically, we launched um, Where's Our 10 ahead of COP15, which is currently um, underway um, in, uh, in Montreal. And uh, essentially, one of the things that will be discussed there is obviously target three, which is 30 by 30. And essentially, 30 by 30 is the, the target of trying to get 30% of our oceans and our lands protected uh, by the year 2030, which is just over seven years away. So we don't have a lot of time. And 30 by 30 is also, it's, it's an urgent goal and it's a, it's a minimal uh, target. So 30% is is the minimal amount we need to basically keep our oceans alive and thriving and, and ensuring that they're, they are able to keep giving us everything that we take. Um, so linked to this 30 by 30 target, um, we as, uh, as um, an organization that obviously has a lot of passion and a lot of interest for the country in which we are based, South Africa. Um, we really wanted to use Where's Our 10 to um, put a spotlight on all the benefits that marine protected areas bring and also trying to urge the government um, 
to to take the step and to expand because obviously the more each country contributes to that global goal um the better the better it'll be um for the globe um so uh, as a country 5.4% is obviously not enough um and um in terms of our planning processes uh, you know it seems that we are pretty far along um in that in that process and we kind of feel like uh, the government and especially the ngo sector like we're all ready and geared up and happy to help and happy to support in helping the government get get increased protection over the line so um essentially where's our 10 um being released in the social media space um and actually also being pushed out um yeah predominantly on social media and actually interestingly enough by some influencers which is very exciting um and and just trying to use the hashtag to show South Africa that South Africans are in support of them taking this step um and and giving us more protection and contributing to this very important global goal yeah and i think just to add to that sorry yanis um i know you highlighted that it took us 19 years to get to this point and i think it's very key here to know that it took us 19 years because we didn't have the systems in place and we didn't have the data available but there's been a comprehensive uh data collation done that's been driven by sanbi um as well as the department of forestry fisheries and the environment we have a very good uh, national biodiversity assessment which is i think being updated next year uh, it was done previously in 2018 it came out in 2019 we have a much better idea of not only what we have out there but what we need to protect and where we need to protect so the critical biodiversity areas map is available and that highlights those areas for protection so Yes, it took 19 years to get there, but it put us in very good stead. And the Pakisa process highlighted 10%. So we said we'll do five as a stepping stone, and by 2020 we'll hit 10%. Obviously, with COVID and all the issues around it, we've taken a bit longer, but we are definitely ready. South Africa is extremely good at that conservation planning process. So hopefully, this next five percent is—it's—it's it's not a, another 19-year process. It is another year or two process where we we deal with stakeholders and really engage with them to make sure we choose the best places that we can do that limits impacts on the existing infrastructure and existing industry where we can but also prioritizing to protect those critical spaces. Yeah, that's pretty cool. We we hope that it, it accelerates soon like a like a J curve. <laughs> it doesn't uh, plateau. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're sure. always hopeful. Uh, what are you guys <laughs> uh, with this campaign doing differently in terms of uh, communications and education and trying to to convince people versus like previous kind of works in the space? Sure. So I feel like this this campaign, in terms of its its concept, I mean, it was kind of really light and and fun and playful, and trying to really make MPAs this cool, fun, mainstream thing, right? Because um, previously, you know, we've kind of taken various different approaches, um, and um, we found that actually being playful and playing a little bit on humor and um, keeping it light you know really just making it this thing that um you know we can do together making it supportive making it positive as opposed to kind of pointing fingers and going come on government 
5.4% is not good enough. You know, what's what's wrong with you? Let's step it up. Um, that, you know, we've, we've certainly changed that approach to come on, you know, this is what South Africa needs, this is what the globe needs, this is what our oceans need. Um, you know, let's just pull together and, and also stop making it everybody else's problem, right? Because every single person, whether you work in this sector or not, can play a role in, in helping our oceans. For sure, 100%. Like, I mean, the, the, the kind of like doom and gloom way of going about it can only take us so far, I suppose. Um, so at some point, sure. we've got to try uh, all different types uh, of ways of speaking to people. Um, and also, I mean, we're also trying to tap into the social media space in a way that, you know, that we haven't before. Like I said, we've kind of got influencers supporting this and, um, you know, that, 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 that in itself has ensured that our communication is reaching people we've never reached before. You know, often with these sorts of environmental campaigns, they end up, you end up kind of preaching to the choir, right? Because you have all these people like yourself that love the ocean and are passionate about the ocean and want to help. Um, and, you know, we really need to be reaching those, you know, those people, you know, even people inland um, sitting in Joburg that don't, you know, get to go to the, the ocean often, you know, people that don't get to stand in the sand, don't get to see the impact of all the waste coming, being washed up on shore, um, you know, so it really is just trying to, to get this campaign and these messages in front of people that they wouldn't ordinarily meet because and helping them realize they can make a difference too. Yeah, for sure. hundred um, percent. So actually like getting these kind of marine uh, ranges going and like planning it out and getting it, uh, you know, put into place. It's more of like a legislation and a law type of thing, right? But what can individual people like do to help this process or not? Sure. So um, from from a campaign and comms perspective, obviously just um, pushing out the hashtag and sharing content off the Ocean Impact essay pages on socials. Obviously, we have informative, educational content as well all the all the time outside of this campaign. Um, so pushing the Ocean Impact campaign content out on your personal pages and kind of spreading the word is obviously helpful. We also, ha also have an appeal. We're trying to get to 100,000 signatures. I think we're on about just over three, so we've got a long way to go. Um, so we need all the help we can get and it's literally will take you two minutes. You just need to plug in your name you don't even need to give us email addresses or anything, any other information. We'll just add your name to that list of names. And then basically that appeal document will be sent to government to show them that this is, these are all the South Africans or, or people across the globe that support MPA expansion in, in our oceans. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a way that you can help um, in, uh, in terms of the campaign. Kendall, in terms of, of legislation and that sort of thing, I think it's quite tricky. Um, how people can get involved, but um... sure, it is more. It is tricky, but saying that there are processes that are underway at the moment, uh, and they're often put out there. Uh, if you follow uh, government websites on Facebook, they also have social media. So the Department of Forestry, Fisheries, and the Environment, uh, the White Paper on Conservation and Sustainable Use, uh, that's been put out for comment, and it will have another round of comments. So these are all like key points where people can put through comments. And I know people are always 
scared and nervous because they're like, oh, I don't know that much. But I mean, everyone's opinion is important that that they can put it through. And often it's, um, you know, people that think they don't know that much, but uh, are really working on the ground in these spaces that have seen the changes. So fishermen that see the change in what they're catching, you can really guide people uh, in government and in science uh, to look out for these like key areas that we need to work in. So I think people always think, oh, it needs to be someone that's you know more educated than me to get involved. But uh, it's very important that the general South African population says, actually, we need to protect our environment. And why we need to protect our environment is because we all, every, what is it, every second breath is the one that always comes up, it's coming from the ocean. Um, so we need to be involved all the time. And the more people that are involved means that the uh, environment's voice is louder and it means it gives us more pushback. And we see that very clearly with the oil and gas industry now, whereas before we, uh, we often got steamrolled uh, by seismic activities or oil and gas, uh, production that they want to put in and the communities have said actually no this is not what we want and this and they've come out very strongly and we've seen that voice and these this is these aren't necessarily um university graduates these are people that live on the wild coast that fish uh that subsistence fish uh and that have lived for like hundreds of years in this way uh that have said actually we allowed to make our decisions for ourselves so i think that's really important to remember Oh, definitely. So check out Ocean Impact and uh, find out where's our 10. Uh, but besides talking about MPAs, um, what else can people like just make, what changes can people do today to just protect the ocean in general? Sure. So there's some nice practical things that people can do um, in their personal capacity. So the first one that we always tell people about it's an amazing app that WWF developed called the Sassy app, S-A-S-S-I. And essentially, you can have that app on your phone. You're sitting at a restaurant. You're uh, in the grocery store. You're about to buy this fish. You're about to order this fish. You can go onto the app. You can check whether it's sustainable, whether its populations are in trouble, um, whether it's sustainably caught. Um, all of that sort of information sits there on, on that app. And, you know, I think really as consumers, we really need to start making uh, better informed choices. Um, obviously, first prize would be to cut seafood out of your diet entirely um, <laughs> because... That is the I, simplest thing to do. Yeah. It is. It is the easiest yeah. thing to do. But um, but if, if you can't bear to cut, uh, to, cut it, to cut seafood out of your life, then um, the Sassy app is the answer. Um, so that you're at least being um, making education educated decisions. Another way is to always, always, always carry around your reusable coffee cup and uh, a reusable water bottle. Uh, it is an investment um, uh, in the environment and in the future because plastic is just the devil. Um, and, you know, I mean, even those, the disposable coffee cups, not even the actual cup itself is recyclable because it has like a layer, a film layer on it that ensures that that heat doesn't come through the cup. So never mind the plastic top, but the, the cup as well. And and the issue is as well, people say, oh, but it says that it's um, it's recycled. And, you know, often plastic can only be recycled once. Um, and then it, and then it's in the, in the environment 
indefinitely. Um, so really just in terms of reusable bo- uh, water bottle, because uh, single-use plastic bottles are just also awful. Um, reusable coffee cup, sassy app, um, recycle if you don't already, um, obviously say no to straws, um, and then also just in terms of your decisions when you go into supermarkets, so I know sometimes there's certain retailers that have lots of plastic um, on their products and make it tricky, but most retailers these days are, are trying to allow you the opportunity to take your own bags and fill your own bags up with your fruit and your vegetables and those sorts of things so that you're not actually buying them covered in in unrecyclable goodies you know polystyrene is another one that's uh, that's not recyc- recyclable um yeah so those are helpful things that people can do today for sure definitely we did a whole episode about wwf sassy and, and eco labels if you want more information i'll link that somewhere um, kendall do you have any more to add any more tips tricks yeah, I think, it, and I mean, as it's always the one that gets the heart of people, particularly being South African and loving a braai, uh, it's just to be a bit more cautious on your meat and your dairy intake. I mean, the impact that meat and dairy and fish have on the environment is large. But saying that, it's the same as with uh, being careful about plastic use. Most of us are never going to be zero waste but we need to do the best that we can. And I think that can often translate into the way we eat, that, you know, trying to cut down on our meats, trying to have meat less frequently and dairy less frequently and looking at different options. I think that's, that's for me, the best place that you can really, you can really affect change. Um, and encouraging your friends. Um, sometimes peer pressure is the, is the best pressure in this kind of a situation. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jace, for joining. It was a fun and informative chat. Uh, why don't you let us know again how we can get in touch with this campaign or with you guys if you like sure so uh, oceanimpact.coza is is the web address um, for all details around all things MPAs um, and then uh, obviously on socials we add Ocean Impact SA or else our organization Wild Trust it's super confusing we have two social media pages um, but one is Wild yeah, Ocean sure. Wild Oceans SA and the other is Wildlands SA, both linked to the Wild Trust. Obviously, one is our terrestrial work and the other is our marine work, but we'd love to have people follow us there um, and support and amplify everything that we drive there. Yeah. Cool. And of course, you can catch this show, Adical is Current, uh, on Twitter, Adical is Current Affairs, uh, everywhere else. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Cheers. Bye. Thank you Thank so you. much.